0: Forever! Dog!
2: Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, so many dudes.
3: Every little dude. All the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno.
2: I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But but Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to To us. us. Hello, Jamie Lee. You're wearing a puffy inside.
3: I'm not only wearing a puffy, Rose Cerno, I am also wearing a like wool turtleneck under a puffy because it just turned very cold here and it's that kind of cold where like even when you're indoors you don't fully defrost so yeah trying to warm up trying to warm up how cold is it in LA
2: it's um in the 50s, and it's raining, wow, which I love. Wow, fuck
3: you. Oh, okay. Okay, you got some rain to balance it out. Got some I'm rain. I'm into okay. it.
2: There's okay. this um, really funny, sweet, gay interior designer who has a bunch of reality TV shows on HGTV named Orlando Osorio. Mm. He's friends with a lot of TV writers. He's friends with, like, Kelly Oxford and Jeffrey Self, and he's kind of, like, part of, like, the LA comedy crew, even though he's an interior designer. yeah. And I follow him online and he like ditched LA and bought a house in Lake Arrowhead, which is like near where he grew up. Yeah. And literally, it's, like, kind of scary following him because he's, like, snowed into his house <gasps> and, like, can't oh my get God. out. It's, it's like, like shiny. No, he's surrounded by, like, 10 feet of snow. Like, he opens his door and it's just, like, a snow oh, wall. It's I, like, could,
3: I, was, I was in, like, her Arrowhead for Thanksgiving and it wasn't snowing, but it was a level of cold that I had never experienced, especially at that time of year when, like, L.A. was not really <sighs> cold. But then you go, like, an hour and a half outside in the mountains and you're, like, oh, this is frigid. So I can imagining imagine Snow being, being snowed there. in. No, but like not being able to like escape. Like actually, you, you can't to. like open your door. Yeah, no, that's <sighs> fucking crazy.
2: It's a horror movie. No,
3: that's a horror movie. <sighs> that would freak me out. Oh,
2: totally. Even just following him, I was like, "Do I dare?" I mean, mm. I like. I'm worried about him, even though I don't even know him.
3: What was that movie that was um with Seth Rogen where like the world is on fire and the they end like, of the in world that or house
0: At World's End? No, no, that's the Simon Pegg one. The End of the Fucking World, I think?
3: Yeah, no. Is that what it was called? No, that's a show.
2: No, The End of the Fucking World? Oh, you're right, that is a British show. show.
0: Yeah, what is it called?
3: But it was like, yeah, it was basically just like, oh, this is the end? This is the end. Yeah, and like they literally are in a house and then if they open the door, it's just like flames and like debris. (laughs) I feel like it is not unlike that, only no flames, just snow. (sighs)
2: So what is it over there? Like, I I just talked to my sister. She said it was fucking freezing.
3: It's fucking freezing, but it was a really beautiful day. I mean, that seems to be the caveat is that every time I'm like, I'm really cold. I'm like, well, it is lovely outside. And if you do bundle (laughs) properly, you can deal. You know, it's just today it was particularly cold because even I had gloves on and I felt like I had frostbite, which was a new level cold (laughs) to have gloves not work. Yeah. <laughs> so Who you know. were you this week, by the way? Oh, well, you know, I I would say, actually, I would say it was a pretty classic Miranda for two reasons. Okay. The first being that I, well, I booked a small part on Succession, <gasps> Woo-hoo! which was very exciting, very small. Um, so exciting, though. So, so small. But, but <laughs> the reason, so, so small, but the reason I bring it up as in, in relation to Miranda is because. I was wearing like all of like when I had to do the fitting, I had to try on all of these sort of like business outfits like and I really got a taste of people who work in that facet of the corporate world. And like they are really utilizing the Ann Taylors, the Brooks Brothers, you know, like really dipping into a pool of fashion that I have not swam in.
2: How did you feel wearing it? Like, did you feel... Was it like sexy and fitted? Did it feel frumpy? How did you Great feel? Great questions.
3: It? Well, the first thing I tried on was like a sheath dress, which I feel like is a real staple of that kind of wardrobe. I don't know what um, a sheath it was, dress like, is. It was like, too, I don't really know that a sheath is, I guess it just means kind of like plain and a little fitted. Um, yeah. And it like goes to the knee. It's like a little bit of a V-neck, Modest. but nothing too revealing. Yeah. It was just kind of like Corporate. a dress. Yeah. Yes. yes corporate like not unlike what a flight attendant might wear. Okay, you know? interesting. Yeah. Wow. So it was just kind of gray and like they put oh a, god, like a horrible. funky necklace on to like jazz <laughs> oh, it no. up, but like it's still very drab. Anyways, that was the first outfit that they put me in. I didn't end up wearing that for the part, but even just putting that on and then they were like, "Here's some different high heel options." I'm like, "Oh my god, you just like wear high heels like during the day? <laughs> <laughs> like around your office?" I would be wearing like clogs like I'm not like with fun socks I would never be like shoving my feet into high heel like it was just very a lot of it feels very dated but then they put me in some like fun little pantsuits and yeah so I just felt like Miranda I mean they truly did just dress me like Miranda that would depress me if I had to wear something like that every day it was also it's a practical set it films in the financial district so you're actually in office buildings like you're not cool It was cool. But so I really was like, oh, my God, this is this is the life down here. Like, this is how people live in the financial district is like you wear these clothes. You go to these offices. They're very, very sterile. And it's always the same. It's like in the lobby. They have like a huge piece of pop art that was commissioned. Oh, my God. Very expensive and very colorful. And then the rest of the entire building is white and gray. And, like, you can just feel them being like, yeah, but we gave you, like, a piece of art in the lobby Remember? so you don't feel Remember, Remember? Remember what we did for you in the lobby where you saw color? <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, very sad in that way. And then the views, though, are unbelievable because you're so high up. Wow. So there's this feeling of, like, ooh, we're in the sky, but also, like, we're, like, on our computers crunching numbers in the sky.
2: So do you anyways. feel like in those offices when, like, A young new hire straight out of, like, a really great Ivy League comes and, like, a young woman decides, like, what the hell? Like, I'm going to, like, wear this purple outfit, like, the next day she's, like, demoted to the mailroom and told, like, never to come back to work.
3: Right. Because she's like, it's too much flair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, they put me in one thing that was navy with like a little bit of plaid, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Our really, day. My my character is going off the deep end with this print.
2: So by the way, I mean that's like one of the best shows on the air. Like, was it a kick to work with those insanely amazing actors?
3: Yes. I didn't I wasn't in a scene with anybody. I kind of just like monologued to camera. But um, I did meet, I I saw Shiv, I met, I met Roman briefly, very briefly. We were just, it's interesting because instead of, I don't know if this is COVID specific or not, but instead of putting us in trailers, um, like on the street, they actually just rented out hotel rooms at the hotel across the street. So all of us were in the same, it was almost like a wedding block. It's like Shiv's dressing room was across, or her her, her hotel room was across from my hotel room. Like we're all just on this same sort of side of the floor. So it was just crazy. I'm like, I could just like go knock on like someone's hotel room to obviously I'm not going to do that, but you know what I mean? It's like the proximity was not, interesting. that's not normally how it is. Usually you're in trailers that are like kind of far apart from each other.
2: It's so wild that her name is obviously her full name is Siobhan, but the fact that her name is Shiv, like you could say someone is it's like incredible amazing.
3: Yeah, and it said Shiv on her door. It doesn't say Siobhan. like on the wow. thing when they label the rooms. Yeah, but um, it was very, it was very interesting. Yeah, it was a kind of wild day. I also don't ever spend time in the financial district. I really never go down there, so it's it kind of helps you get into character because you're like, this is just not me at all. Like, I'm never in this part of the city ever. So yeah. Oh, and the other reason I'm a Miranda is because. My cousin had his second baby and this part is not Miranda, but it's just funny. They're doing, they were going to do a bris on zoom and then the baby was circumcised. Ew, the gosh. Yeah. The baby was circumcised in the hospital. Cause at first I was like, I don't really want to <sighs> okay. log in for that. like, just seems like a lot. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> Wait, <'cause>, that's <laughs> such a funny COVID. So funny. Zoom bris. But then I found
3: out, I thought it was a Zoom bris, but then I found out like that a it's, it's actually. a curb episode. I know. But then it actually ends up being um, a naming ceremony. So the, so the circumcision happened in the hospital, but now it's like, it's the ceremony minus the dick cutting. <laughs> So and they're like,
2: gotcha, we're actually also doing that. We just mean, <laughs> you guys
3: tune in. Oh my god. Can you wow, imagine James. I'd be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just uh, black out my screen Bye. and run to the restroom while that's oh no,
0: like. it's glitching. Oh no. Yeah,
3: oh no, I gotta sign I, off.
0: My connection got weird. My
3: eyes are spicy. I just got something in my both my eyes. <laughs> well, <laughs> So, yeah. So those are the things that make me a Miranda because a baby reminds me of Brady, obviously. Um, who were you this week? Um,
2: That's a good question. I think I am, I would say I am a Charlotte, a later season Charlotte.
3: Mm, I'm listening. Because <laughs> I
2: feel like I'm, like, trying to, like, grow in my taste with men. Mm, Um, Which I feel like she does very skillfully.
3: Yeah, she does. I think that's right.
2: But if I'm being fully honest, I couldn't go full Harry. Like, Mm. I mean, (laughs) like, you also have to want to fuck someone. Yeah, I mean, so I had this, like, interesting month-long sort of FaceTime relationship with this guy. Um, Two of my closest friends moved to Canada. And I was just like... Having this moment where I was like, you know, I don't have to be in L.A. I could be anywhere. And I just started swiping online in Vancouver just to be like, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll go visit them and hang there. I've just, you know, everyone feels so rootless now. You can also do a
3: lot worse than like dating a guy from Vancouver and having to go to Vancouver.
2: Right, of course. So then I ended up matching with this guy and he was like extremely attractive. What
3: What app are we working with?
2: We're talking about... Hinge, Okay. Or Bumble. I don't remember. Okay. But we matched and then we had like really fun text and I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I remember talking to my therapist before we had a FaceTime date plan. This was like a month ago. And I was like, is me like matching with a guy who lives in another country, like the definition of like me looking for like an unavailable partner? And he's mm. like, yes, yes, it is. Oh, <laughs> like
3: okay. And I was
2: like, well, should I cancel? What does it say and about
3: he- me that I didn't think that? <laughs> like, sounds great. Vancouver's pretty. Got a well, great lake.
2: I think for most people they wouldn't think that, but I'm just trying to be like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. aware of out, my. Past. You're looking
3: out for your patterns, right, right, right. I get it. I get it.
2: I think it's not necessarily for a normal person.
3: Okay, okay.
2: But I was like, well, should I cancel the Zoom? He's like, yeah. no, you can, you can do it. Just don't go to Fantasyland. Have your head on straight. Don't, you know, if you want to be friends or something. I was like, okay, well. It just kind of felt like every relationship basically was on FaceTime anyway at this point. So I was like, sure, I'll just try. Yeah. We had, like, a three-and-a-half-hour conversation. Not only is he, like, so hot, but, like, mm. lovely and kind and gentle and open. And I was like, fuck, okay. So then we yeah. just started, like, talking more and more and more and, like, texting a lot. And it kind of is getting a little romantic. Mm. And mm. I was trying really hard not to, like, go to fantasy land about it. But finally... I was like, OK, we kind of need to like have a talk about this. And I, you know, and I also was kind of like, even though we got along so well, I wasn't sure that it would work anyway, because he was in, in Vancouver for a job. He's an engineer. He's he's actually American. He just moved up to Canada for a relationship and ended up staying when it when it ended. So basically. He lives in a really small mountain town in Canada that's, like, 13 hours away from Vancouver. He just happened to be in Vancouver for five months. Yeah. And he really, like, he was a rock climbing instructor his entire 20s. So hot. And he, like, Mm. runs, like, 100-mile ultramarathons. He's, like, wildly outdoorsy. But he, like, doesn't like traffic. Not necessarily, like, a big city guy. Mm. And, you know, there were also things. So we had this really long conversation a little while ago like maybe like the fifth or sixth date you know and we're just like liking each other more and more and it's just kind of like and i just said to him like do you ever think about the fact that like you hate traffic and i live in like the most the city traffic city in the country place. and yes you live in like a tiny mountain town and like i couldn't do my job there like i was like does that ever occur to you and he's like well you know i really enjoy our conversations and i just really enjoy you but like yeah it does feel like a really remote possibility that like this Mm. could happen like and i was like yeah i think if that's the case then we really need to like put the brakes on this because i'm just continuing to like you more and yes and he was like okay i totally understand and then i just like didn't message him for like a week and then he messaged me and then we just started texting and i was like i just Mm. sent to him i was like you know um I don't you know, I'm looking for a partner if you want to start talking about, like, how we're going to visit each other and make this work and, like, commit, then then I'm in. But I know that's a lot of work and it's a huge hassle. Uh, But otherwise, I don't think it really makes sense for me to just keep talking and. And just, you know what I
3: mean? Yeah, that's that's a tough spot to be in, too.
2: And he totally understood. And he was like, I really like you. And in another situation, I would really want to make it work. But mm. you know, the state of the world, I mean, it's illegal for me to go to Canada. Of they course. don't accept Americans of right course. now. We live. No,
3: it's like an exceptional time to be long distance because you really can't make it work easily.
2: Yeah, especially if you're yeah. in a country that doesn't take Americans. And he was like, and I think about like where we see ourselves in the future, because he's like, I really what does he love do? he's an engineer. But he's an outdoors person. He likes to hike, surf, garden. And I love all that shit, too. But like, I think at this point in my career, like I have to be in L.A. Like if I want to even if things go virtual, I still think it's never going to be fully virtual. People are still going to live in L.A. who work in TV and film. Sure. Absolutely. And I don't even love L.A. It's not even my favorite city. I would rather live in Portland or Vancouver or somewhere really beautiful. But I feel like my career is really important to me and I put a lot of time into it. And so I'm not sure. ready to like jump ship. Right. So it was a sad conversation. And I was like, you know, and, and I was like, I don't really want to keep talking. Cause I really just don't think being half in and getting to know you more and more is good yeah, it's, for,
3: it's only going to get harder.
2: Yeah. So I, you know, it was a really loving, respectful, like, we're both super attracted to each other and have massive crushes on each other. But it's like, you know, not the move. So that, that was shitty, but it also felt like growth in the sense of like, I know what I want. I want a real partner and I don't want like a half partner, you know?
3: Yeah. Would he ever consider like, if you were to, if you were to like be long distance for a while and then, It got more serious. Like, do you think he would, there's ever a world where he would move to LA for what he does for work? Like, I don't know how flexible his job is.
2: I mean, he, it basically sounded
3: like, it just sounded like, to be like in a smaller town.
2: We didn't really talk about that stuff too much. It just sounded like he couldn't commit to me. And I just kind of feel like it's normal not to commit to someone after like four or five dates, but. I don't really want to keep going down this path if he considers this a remote possibility and just like a fun mm-hmm. person to chat with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's, I feel yeah. like he's an awesome person. And in another, if we lived in the same city, if we, it would be on, you know? Sure. But yeah. it's been tough because I've been like going on FaceTime dates and walk dates with other people in LA and I'm just so much less yeah. attracted. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of pulling the the uh, Charlotte of like going out with guys who seem really nice and able to commit and whatever, but I'm not like super like, you know. Yeah, you're not like
3: yay you.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. you still really need to want to fuck somebody. Like, I think it's that's hugely a important, really big part of it.
3: it. I think it has a real ripple effect too across the rest of the relationship and like sets a tone.
2: I think so too. Yeah. So. I'm trying not to be like I'm kind of down on L.A. in the dating scene. I'm just like swiping and everyone is unattractive to me. But I think I think it will. Something's got to give. Yeah. But I don't regret the chase thing because I feel like he was lovely. We had a great time. He's absolutely fantastic. But. You know, he also sounds like he has a. He also sounds like, you know, his last relationship, she really wanted him to commit and like. Mm. Do you want to get married and have kids? And he like wasn't ready. I also think he has some like Canada withholding, like not necessarily feeling that ready regardless of the city he's in a little. Yeah. Which is sort of like a red flag for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, I think he's great. Like eventually the borders will open and I'll visit my friends, Paisley and Caitlin. If I'm still single at the time, I'll see if he wants to meet up. But otherwise it might be a timing
3: thing to a degree. And yeah, you'll just see.
2: Yeah, but I'm not really... It sounds unlikely. I'm pretty much moving on, you know? Right,
3: right, right, right. I get it. Okay, well, I mean, there's something to be said for being decisive, you know, and having to make those tough calls and following through. That's not easy to do.
2: I think I'm at the point where I don't want to waste a lot of time. Sure. And not just because of my age. That's definitely a part of it, for sure. No question. But also... I think something you learn after being in relationships and dating is like, it matters to be on the same page as someone. And if somebody is not ready or doesn't want what you want or can't commit or whatever, it doesn't really matter how cool and fabulous
3: they are. It just, right. you have to want the same things for it to yeah. work. Yeah, it's And you yeah. have to be ready for the same thing. Yeah. Like, you have to want the same things and want them at the same time. I think so. I think it's and, really, it's actually a, quite a tall order, but. I think so, too. You know, it's yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of cool because it's like the older I get and like the more therapy I do and stuff, it's like the more I realize, like. The more confident I feel being like, hey, I'm looking for like a serious long term committed relationship. And I'm like saying that early and soon to people, because it's like if that's scary to you, like we're not not going to work.
3: No, my therapist was saying something that I thought was really interesting, where she was like, you know, people who get into relationships later in life, they actually tend to work out a lot more
0: like That's they tend to be really
3: solid relationships yeah because I think you just Why like know is that? yourself more she said because you know yourself more you're at a point in your life where you don't have to do the game of like pretending to be Being someone cool. you're not or pretending to want things that you or pretending to not want things you do want and it's just kind of like everything's on the table so it starts the, it starts on this. Yeah, it starts honest. Exactly. I love that. I think it's true. I mean, I think in your 20s as a woman, you're trying to be
2: cool and whatever. And then in your 30s, oh, you're like, hey, do you want kids? Do you want to get married? Because if you don't want those things the next couple of
3: years, I got to move right. on. Like, well, and the right person also is not going to be things. scared of you saying that.
2: Totally. Because it's like when you get older and you become an adult. I mean, I also think like COVID and the world. It's like, it's like the world is hard, man. Like, it's like... Right. Liking the same music isn't important. It's like being there (laughs) for somebody is important. It's like, it's like, I don't know. It's like this whole pandemic and globalization and the coup. It's like a partner is like somebody that's like got your fucking back. You know, it's like, that's what's up.
3: Yeah. I I remember you said a few episodes back something that I thought was like really, really poignant, which was um, your, I think it was your therapist who was saying like, it's not about dating, like, the hottest or the funniest or the most whimsical or most charming. You were like, it also, it just comes down to qualities of, like, what actually makes a good partner. Like, do they make you feel secure? Do they yes. make you feel safe? Do they make you feel attractive? Like, there yes. are some very fundamental needs that are oftentimes, I think, not met in a lot of relationships. A hundred percent. Even though you're like, they're so hot. They're so hilarious. They're yes. so smart. You're just like right but like but why so do i feel a lot anxious of people the are they gonna be your person like are they gonna be there for you yeah. yeah do they roll your eyes
2: when you're sick and ask them to come over and get you soup like right do they like make a big deal about like being good to you right right i mean there's yeah. plenty of really good looking sexy funny guys who are terrible partners that's not hard to find yeah
3: no not hard to find at all Well, we are on season six, episode 12 today, and it's called One. This might be, this is one, I think, yeah, I've said it before, but I do think this is top five favorite episodes. Really? Oh, yeah. Big, big fan. Big okay. fan. Okay. Yeah. Fabulous.
2: Well, the episode kicks off with Charlotte and Carrie checking out some performance art. The artist is fasting for 16 days while living in the gallery. This is a nod to Marina Abramovic. Yep. As they watch, Carrie notices someone's watching her. It's Alexander Petrovsky, played by...
0: Mikhail uh, Baryshnikov.
2: Mikhail Baryshnikov, a major New York artist. Charlotte recognizes him instantly, but Carrie's never heard of him. Alexander heard them laughing, so he asks what they thought about the piece. Carrie shrugs it off, and Alexander is intrigued.
3: Over at Miranda's, she's waiting for Robert. He shows up with pizza and another mysterious box. He tells Miranda it's a surprise for after they eat, but just as they're about to get into dinner, he gets a page. One of his players got hurt, and he has to run to the hospital. Once he's gone, Miranda has to know what is in that box. What is the surprise? It's a cookie. Like a pizza cookie. What are those things called? Cookie cake. Yeah. It's a cookie cake with the words, I love you, written out on top in chocolate chips. Miranda freaks out and starts stress eating the entire thing.
2: I have to say, like, if you were to ask me what my dream scenario of somebody telling me they love me is, it would be on top of a cookie pizza cake. (laughs) That's like the most delicious food on the planet.
3: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I actually, ugh, I had, yeah. How, how really though? Like, wh- how would you feel about that? I honestly would love it. I would be. I mean, if because, someone told you for the first time, "I love you" on a on a piece of food.
2: Yeah, because food is love to me, so it's like a double whammy. Are you I got,
3: serious right now? This is not in line with your personality. <laughs> really?
2: What would you? Genu- are you being genuine? You're
3: genuinely, genu- like, genuinely are fine with someone saying "I love you" for the first time. On a cookie.
0: I'm leaning yeah, because- towards Jamie's side of this, <laughs> personally, I must say.
3: I gotta say, I if crazy? you really feel that way, if you really do feel is that this way, changing our friendship. No, honestly, it's like, i it, it excites me that you're sticking with it because it is not at all what I would predict you Wait, would.
2: Jamie, it think. excites me that you're sticking with it. Now I feel like I'm, like, totally insane. Rose, I don't, th- <laughs> I,
3: I, like, are you clear-headed right now? Because if you are, that's like. I'm, like, laying down and <laughs> took a bunch of Advil. Maybe that's what's happening. I mean, I honestly just think this is a facet of your personality that, me Skylar, the listeners we're like we just edits. did not know. We were you know in what? the dark about the cookie say, Jamie, love you side of rose.
2: <laughs> you know what? I might seem like you could just guess who I am right like, from the beginning, <laughs> but actually there's some trap doors
3: there. You know what I think I it mean, is? This is not a trap door. I mean, I just fucking fell is down a, a trap well. Mansion? Yeah, this Yeah. it's, is, it's this deep. A it trap goes goddamn underground it's a compound. It's the Kim yeah. yeah. Kim compound. No, this is like yeah, subway tunnels of trapped. Well
2: all I'm trying to say is the only thing that brings me joy I right now is dying.
3: Eating. So oh I feel God. like if somebody
2: brought me like something that was really tasty to eat while also expressing their love for me, it would be a twofer.
3: Again, I think that the thing we're missing here, and I, I hear what you're saying, Rose. The thing we're missing here is that the thing that we're missing here is that it's the first time this yeah, is not they've been it's not their fourth anniversary i love you cake he's never right. said i love you he What's is putting it with on cake, a cookie though? okay rose honestly i think i can't get i think i have to get, right? off, I can't get I I have off zoom i honestly think i need to get off zoom right now
0: it's also like, <laughs> <Jimmy's> like
3: melting. <laughs> i have passed away i have just expired like, oh, what is shit. Robert's
0: What is Robert's vision? Is it to, like, slink out and, like, open the box and be like, guess what? I love you. Like, I, like the presentation right, is such right. a mystery. I know what you mean, it's like... it's like,
3: what did he think? Because I guess he, he... Okay, so let's just play this out, because I think this is a really important point that we're exploring here. Let's talk what about it. What he thought was going to happen was they were going to eat dinner, and then after dinner for dessert, she was going to open the box and see, I love you on the cookie, and then What?
0: Exactly. Okay, Just, okay, everyone's silent.
3: Everyone's silent. Aw, is that what you said, Rose? Aw, yummy. Aw, yum? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I get to eat it, and you love me? Astonishing.
3: A <laughs> I get a cookie and security in the relationship?
0: Well, because it's also like the thing that's such a weird, I do kind of hear what you're saying, Rose, like if you love the person, I think it could totally work. But the whole episode also, especially Miranda's arc, is that, yeah, she's freaked out, like by the announcement. So like, it would be such a backfire gesture if like, if he got to do what what he wanted to do.
2: You know, you know, Skylar, how you're so into beer and craft beer and special beer. Imagine Mm. for a moment. That okay. imagine that when you and Kristen were just in the beginning of dating and she found your all time favorite beer before you guys had said, I love you. The most rare, difficult to find beer.
3: I love this and hypothetical. Keep going. Print-
2: and she printed a label that said, I love you. And she said, would you like a beer? Would you like that? <laughs>
0: No, i would not wait
2: jamie's really had enough with me
3: <laughs> i i just for people who are just listening to this it, you know i my face is covered by she's like my an palm.
2: emoji of a it's face. also i
0: really am it's also like personality wise like i am very would you have I, that no i like bristle at gifts especially like oh yeah also, you do
3: bristle at gifts
0: also if the gesture is a little too big because the thing is with me for gifts does um, it feel like a
3: burden like oh, it, yeah. i have to carry the weight of Saying thank you and feeling appreciative, and
0: and also like I like,
3: attention. Oh, this is crazy.
0: I also immediately I'm like, oh, I need to match this. So somebody, yes. if somebody got me something that's like truly some astonishing like key to my personality thing, then it's like, <laughs> oh god, I gotta to meet that level <laughs> for for them yeah, as a as Wait, a thank Skylar, you. So
1: you can't
2: enjoy anything because every time something good happens to you from someone, you have to like you can that's only. Right
0: it's That's a big yeah it's style. truly it, it it's part of the reason like everyone i Truly, the holidays are a very stressful time for me because it's like I, your I, everyone who's close to me like gets a little bit mad at me because <laughs> oh I'm just going to be like tense the entire time.
3: Oh, my God.
2: It's, it's a, a whole funny thing. Quality. The greatest gift you could give Skylar is like barely recognizing he exists.
0: Oh, I say I say, every year when like, <laughs> right, like Christmas and whatnot rolls around, I'm like, guys, I would love it if every day could be like every other day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the pressure wow. would be I want,
3: That's fascinating. <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump back into this okay
2: so carrie and miranda walk and talk about robert's i love you miranda insists it was the cookie that made her panic not the message she also invites carrie to brady's birthday they head to lunch where samantha breaks out some glasses
1: yes i need glasses and i am not ashamed i have a sexy young man who loves to fuck me and i'm fabulous (laughs) have you considered putting that on a t-shirt Are those the kind you get at the drugstore next to the Bengay? How dare you! These are (laughs) Chanel! There you go. Thank you. Uh, Hey, have you ever heard of that artist, Alexander Petrovsky? Who? Alexander Petrovsky? Oh my god! He was the number one hot guy at Studio 54. Dated every top supermodel in the 70s. Oh, my nipples are getting hard just thinking about him. (laughs) Why? I met him yesterday. No. How did he look? Is he still gorgeous? We need more time. where did you meet? What's he like? Uh, uh, Well, uh, we met at a gallery, and he was odd. How old is he now? Oh, let me see. When I was 22, he was about 30. Studio 54 was 79, so that would make him, what? 53. And that would make you? I'm 40-fucking-five. I have nothing to hide.
0: (laughs) Hello. Hello.
3: What? I'm pregnant. (gasps)
1: Congratulations! Oh Oh my god. It's very, very early. But I am. I just heard from the doctor and we don't know if it's the acupuncture or all of the herbs that I've been taking or maybe Harry and I are just a better fit or whatever, but I am. I'm pregnant.
3: (laughs) How far along are you? About three weeks.
1: Oh, please excuse me.
3: What was that?
1: Well, I'm going to out. My hair down there. Smith enjoys a full bush. Isn't this great? Everything is exactly like it always is. But I'm pregnant.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so stressful to hear because it's like oh, if you stressful. know any, if you know anyone who's been pregnant, you do not announce at three weeks. That is, it's like fifty percent miscarriage chance, basically.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it is stressful. Um, also. Just a quick thing. I felt like Samantha's voice was so, like, sultry and sort of old-timey in that scene. Everything's like, he's... Uh, let's see how old he is, huh? That was in 79, and then it... Like, she just... That's true. It was like just Angela very Lansbury. dialed up, yes. It is,
0: it is fun hearing her be, like, romantic about kind of old New York stuff, like yeah. Studio 54 and, and yeah. that whole scene. Yeah.
3: It's interesting yeah.
2: because... Um, I feel like Smith has changed her in some ways because she's like, I'm 40 fucking five. Yeah. Like, we never hear that side of Samantha. No, so it's no, kind of cool that she's like point. Yeah. It's kind of showing that like this relationship actually
3: is helping her get over her insecurities. And she's also like, growing out her hair is her also pubes. sort of symbolic of like this guy just kind of likes her for her. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really special.
2: Iggy. Um, okay. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, taking us out,
3: James. Okay, back at her place, Carrie gets a call. It is Alexander Petrovsky. But she doesn't give him a chance to get that out. His accent is way too thick, so she keeps saying the guy's got the wrong number and hanging up on him. On his third try, Alexander finally gets through to Carrie. It is really him. It's really Alexander Petrovsky. He wants to see Carrie again, so he invites her to see if the performance artist that they met— is actually doing the thing what is she doing in this you know what it's not that
2: they met her it's the it's they're going to spy on the performance artist to see if she's full of because they
3: don't believe they don't believe that she does this thing at three in the morning
0: that well they don't believe that she's fasting for 16 days like carrie says that she suspects like if you came back at three in the morning you'd catch her eating yes eating mcdonald's
3: so he was like let's let's go see let's go see i don't want to do the russian accent but yes um let's go see her at 3 in the morning to see if like she's full of shit essentially. So after they hang up the phone, Carrie gets one more call. It's Harry.
2: Carrie rushes to Harry and Charlotte. Of course, devastating, Charlotte mm-hmm. has miscarried. Carrie offers to bring Charlotte some tea and Harry does his best to be supportive, but it's still tough. Charlotte's pretty devastated and she says she won't be able to make it to Brady's party. That's so heartbreaking.
3: It's horrible. Miranda and Robert, meanwhile, do some final party prep for Brady's first birthday. The I love you cookie is still hanging over the whole affair. Robert wants to know what Miranda thought of the cookie and the sentiment on the cookie. And Miranda just doesn't know what to say. She was like, it's sweet. It was so
2: sweet. Wow, that sounds exactly (laughs) like her.
3: Yeah, I've watched this way too many times. She watches Jules and Mimi later and calls Carrie to talk about it. Miranda has no idea what's wrong with her. Robert is so hot and perfect and wonderful. Why can't she just say she loves him? I do love this
2: episode because it's kind of like all the problems are getting really real. So much is happening. Yes. Yeah. Over at Samantha's, she blow dries her new bush. It's going great until... She spots a gray hair. OK, I had a gray pube when I was like 28. So if your first gray pube is a 45-year fucking You're cooking with great.
3: gas. Yeah, I um, know you
2: are. She freaks out and grabs some dye. Unfortunately, that doesn't quite fix things. She leaves it in too long and basically turns her whole crotch fire engine red. That sounds so funny.
3: The next day, everyone meets at Miranda's for Brady's birthday party. Steve's mom took it upon herself to book a birthday clown, much to Carrie's disappointment. She's terrified of clowns. Harry also shows up, and he and Miranda have a sweet check-in about Charlotte. She's still going through it with the miscarriage. She watches an Elizabeth Taylor true Hollywood story at home.
2: It's really sweet that Harry goes even without her,
3: actually. That's really, like... I'm obsessed with their relationship. Yeah,
2: it's great. Samantha pulls Carrie into the bathroom to talk. She's still upset over the gray hair. Carrie doesn't really want to hear it right now, but Samantha can't let her go. She pulls up her dress to show Carrie the botched dye job too. back with Charlotte. She wraps up her Liz Taylor doc and decides that's it. She can't keep wallowing. So she puts on quite the look and heads
3: out. Yeah, she dresses like Elizabeth Taylor. Fabulous. Um, So back at the party, Miranda has a quick chat with Debbie. Debbie says she's so glad things worked out. With Miranda and Robert, and she's with Steve, everything worked out. The news basically breaks Miranda's heart, and she ducks to the laundry room to get away and prep the birthday cake. Hold
1: up, hold up. Forget those wimpy little ones. Oh, I love Wait, do you see what I got here. Look at that,
3: huh? I love you. I love you, Steve. I'm sorry, I should never have said that. It's just that... I love you, and I fucked everything up, and now it's too late. I'm sorry I'm doing this, I'm
1: sorry. Please don't look at me. I love you too.
2: Oh my God, I'm like gonna cry. Mm-hmm.
3: You do? You do?
1: I mean, come
3: on. What about Debbie?
1: I know, but Miranda.
2: You're the one.
1: Oh, oh my god, I'm
3: fully totally, like tearing up.
1: We're getting the the candle. candle! Hello, where is cake?
3: <laughs> Will you look at the candle that Steve brought?
2: <laughs> okay, I'm like yeah, a and mess Magda's so
3: sweet, to she like knows they were hooking up in the closet and she's like <laughs> so happy about it.
2: I mean, Ugh. I am such a sucker. I mean, somebody Wait, being like, it, it's one. always been you or it's, you're the one.
3: Ugh. You're the one is truly like. It I don't think there's a hotter romantic. sentence that could be uttered.
2: <laughs> no, that's the one and only sentence. That is the one sentence. Yeah. I love this scene so much. And
3: I think it, I think that's why this episode is one of my favorites, if not the favorite, is because of that scene. It's it's actually like to me, that's like a fantasy. Like that scene is like you like all of it. It's fully rom-com. Her being like, ah, I love you. And "Ah, I can't believe I said that. And "Ah, I'm fucking stupid. Ah, Don't look at me. And then it's like, he's like, yeah, like, of course, like, it's always been you. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, it's so good. Also, I don't don't want to say this to describe.
2: I don't want to compare, but I do think that like Cynthia Nixon is. A pretty next. astounding actress. Like next level. Yeah. Is... What she does in that scene is like it's as good as it gets for television. The way acting. she
3: like blurts it out, like, yeah. All you of just
2: it. feel the pain of it. Like there's just mm. so much pain that she's been carrying. And when she says it, she has no concept that he might feel the same. She's almost no. just like, it's just this thing inside of her. It's it's she's like, like I anyone can't who's keep ever doing this. Yeah, it's like you've had these feelings
3: that you just cannot
2: keep to yourself anymore. Absolutely.
3: absolutely. Yeah. And also, I love that this episode starts with her or not starts, but earlier in the episode, she's talking to Karen. She's like, I don't understand what's wrong with me. Like he's so wonderful and he loves me. And she genuinely doesn't realize that it's because she's in love with Steve. Like it takes her a minute to get back there. And then when she does it, like washes over her and she can't contain it. And she has to tell him.
2: Yeah, I almost think there's something even more romantic about the fact that they're both dating lovely people uh, that are really attractive. And it's like there's you know, it's not like they haven't found other people. They totally have. That makes it almost even more romantic, I think.
3: Yeah, because like if they lived their lives with Debbie and Robert, they'd be relatively happy and have been. They've been happy. And
2: it's the kind of thing where it's not like she's with some stupid drip and he's right. alone. It's like, no, we know that there's other lovely people out there. And it's not Yeah, enough.
3: technically they leveled up in a way. A
2: hundred percent. Then.
3: Yeah. So I think it's kind of. Yeah. It's just really special that it's like it doesn't matter about that. It's just like love is love.
2: Yeah. That's anyways. Like, that's one of the all time best scenes of the
3: show. I would I would have to it say. might be the I think it might be the what what other ones are there?
2: You know, what's funny is that carrie's the protagonist but the best love story is not carrie's it's
3: definitely miranda's yeah i think harry and charlotte and, and
0: charlotte is like the second after that yeah but I agree. yeah
3: yes. i think yeah because all the stuff with charlotte where he was like yeah he's just like fucking crazy about her yeah it's great and she's such a bitch to-
0: <laughs> i also i was just gonna say i think that charlotte's gone i i charlotte especially in this season is sort of my favorite art because yes. it feels like she's gone from someone who's like a little, at least early on, a little underwritten, a little bit tropey relative to the other members of the core four. And this season is like such a deepening of Charlotte, like uh, in a way that I really like. And so just where I land with the favorite couples, I think sure. her and Harry work best for me, but I love Steve and Miranda a lot too.
3: I think yes. that her and Harry have the their their relationship is more goals to me than any mm-hmm. other one. Like, I just think like there's something so fun about how she's kind of like she's a little neurotic. And he calls her and on he it. and he calls yeah. her on it. And you would think he would be the neurotic one, given the stereotypes about right. Jews on the show. Um, but he's actually the one that's like, come here, you like, shut up.
2: Yeah, it's really cute. These shut ups are
3: so sweet.
2: That's Um, true. Okay. So, after Miranda and Steve get Brady's cake set up, they head out to sing happy birthday and blow out the candles. Right when they do, Charlotte shows up. And three weeks later, Steve and Miranda officially get back together. Beautiful. Not really sure
3: why it took three weeks, but that'll just be a mystery we all have to
0: deal with. uh, They had to take a lot of stuff out of a lot of different people's apartments around the city
3: i guess so i guess so okay so later carrie heads to her 1 a.m dinner with alexander unfortunately the date is kind of off he corrects her on how to pronounce his name he's really intense and he's not at all forthcoming back with samantha and smith she breaks her news not that she found a gray hair that is that she got rid of all her hair smith's a little bummed but he will have to deal
2: After Carrie and Alexander finish eating, they head back to the gallery to see if the performance artist is actually fasting. Turns out she is. Carrie also accidentally leaves her purse in the cab, so Alexander sprints down the street to get it. Carrie's impressed, and the episode closes on them talking after he flags down another cab. Where's he going?
1: I asked him to wait so we could have proper goodnight. Oh. Well, thanks for dinner. You're welcome. I live right near here. I thought you lived way downtown. That is near. Uh, you can take the boy out of Studio 54, but you can't take Studio 54 out of the boy. You are funny. White. So tonight, huh? And he tasted like black cherries.
3: What do you think about that? Um yeah, I mean, I think that Alexander is interesting because I I was just talking to someone about this. How like I think that sometimes I feel like women are sort of I I don't that I don't want to generalize, but I think that we're sort of fed this idea that like mystery is really attractive. Like it's interesting when someone like, you know, you feel like you have to really kind of chip away at them and like kind of like they're not, they're not like showing all their cards basically. And I think with Alexander it's, it's, I can't tell if that is his game. Like he's kind of a smooth talker. He's kind of like also standoffish at the same time. I can't tell if that is, is his personality or, or sorry. I can't tell if that is what Carrie is drawn to about his personality Or if she's just kind of like, yeah, like, is he a puzzle to her? Like, she just doesn't really know what to make of him. So she's like intrigued on a level of almost like he's like a science experiment where she's like, I have to like try to figure it out. I
2: think Carrie, like the types of guys that Carrie likes are so far from anything I would ever be attracted to. I think Alexander seems like such a self-serious putz to me, like. I don't totally. find him attractive at all.
3: He um, isn't unlike big. Actually, now that we're talking about oh, it. so similar. he's Russian big. Yeah, he's, kind of. he's
2: like pint-sized Russian big.
3: Yeah, pint-sized Russian big. Yep. Yeah, he's
2: Russian. He's he's small. He's, he's a small. small to big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Russian. He's a Russian small. Ah, I mean, he's the same he's as big. Small yeah really self-serious the kind of guys that like literally do a smolder with like one eyebrow up it's like i would die if i had to hang out with a guy like that
3: yeah and also like doing like you're funny you're like thanks like oh
0: that that thing that like i feel like people get mad out at comedy people for for saying like oh that's funny oh, rather that's than, funny laughing. than laughing Like yeah. but he kind of does you're that funny. and like that's his default he's like oh that is funny like, yeah he's funny. like i am laughing you're a comic
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he makes her feel. I think she feels like he is impressed by her, and that is what she's attracted Good for her self esteem. I think she boosts his self esteem.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think you're right. I, I mean, mean, I think he
3: boosts her self esteem. Sorry. Yeah.
2: What 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 turns me off the most about Alexander is that he seems really image obsessed, like. He's in his 60s and he still seems to give a shit about what's cool and like being hip and being on top. of I don't know. There's something really gross to me about that. Like to be six well, years old and still be really caring about that shit.
3: It's also like of the art world. So, you know, that's an interesting. It's an interesting it's so it's image a, it's part of New York that I. Yeah. But whether it's art or music or film
2: or fashion, it's just like. It's just like caring so much about being cool and what people think is just like, I feel like to be like an advanced adult and be thinking like that is like a little lame.
3: I don't get the image obsessed part as much, but I guess you're right because
2: he's trying to be cool. He's like trying to be a cool guy. Yeah,
3: that's right. That's right. That like you mean like the way he speaks and he's kind of like smoldery, it's like he talks music. like Dick Tracy.
2: Yeah. And like going to art opening. So not tonight,
3: and- huh? And you're like okay it's like nice, at the end of the sir. day
2: you look like an old owl that's like <laughs> from like a storybook he's like an <gasps> ancient owl
0: hoot 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 hoot, <laughs> hoot, hoot. <laughs> i think of it a little bit though as like that sort of thing like because like what is he supposed to be sort of like a jeff Coon? like he's supposed to be like a very prominent he's supposed artist to be like a Coons. and i think i i think that when you are one of those types of people and your real world and like your close circle really like is sort of name droppy to people who aren't a part of it. Right. Then it feels like an affectation. But when you're really like, those are your people, then yeah. it, it seems a little less consciously like a put on, like I'm trying to be cool thing. And if, and it can read to somebody who's not a part of that world as this person's really bullshitting and trying to be cool. But it could also be like this dude, Jeff Coons, everybody he knows is like of his level basically, which is alienating too. But yeah.
3: Also, I watched this documentary a long time ago about, The art world, especially in New York. And it's really interesting. I can't remember the name of it. I watched it on an airplane. It was excellent. And I cannot remember the name, but it just talks about like how they price paintings, how competitive it is. But the thing that I thought was really interesting is most, a lot of artists get famous very, very, very late in life or even after they're dead. Yeah. So like, yeah. So the fact that he is relatively, he's honestly like kind of young, even in the art world, I feel like, like it's because he's been famous though. for a while because Seems people like he's also been famous love a, long a shiny
2: time. young thing, though. People also love like a 20 year old wonder. Kind. They do. But
3: who? We haven't heard their name. Who's who's the tw-
0: Jordan? Jordan Wolfson is like a very famous contemporary artist okay. who's like in his 30s. Okay. And he's like, there are some. I I, I agree, few, though. but like, I, feel
3: I think like the mix. names are not as. I don't, I, yeah, I feel like the ones that we, that are more like household, you see them in the museum all the time that, you know, they're, they are considerably older. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying there aren't exceptions. I'm just saying that that is, they talk about that in the documentary, that that's like a pretty big pattern. Totally. Um, so I guess, well, all, all I'm, reason I'm bringing that up is because it sounds like he was someone who got famous young and he's been famous for a long time. So I think he's even he's even more up his own ass probably because he's so rare in his community of being someone who got young or got famous young continues to just be super famous and i just feel like everyone probably like kisses his ass totally um okay well guys this brings us to the question of the episode i blame valentine's
1: day Hundreds upon hundreds of cards all decreeing you're the one. Just imagine the hundreds and hundreds of wrenching late-night phone calls all over this one idea. And it's not just with love. It seems we're always looking for that one thing to make our lives complete. That job, that chance, that family. I couldn't help but wonder, when will waiting for the one be
3: done?
2: Wow. Well, I feel like it's when you meet someone that you
3: that take that's worth taking you off the market.
2: Yeah, that you feel like or that you
3: feel like, yeah, it's worth it.
2: Yeah. Or it's like, you know, I, I think the idea of finding the one is hopefully something that you think when you're single, not when you're already with someone. You know? like, yes. Um,
3: I think finding the one is like really, really betting on yourself. Oh, I I think that. Tell me more about this. I just think, like, I do think that there is a level of when you're really like going for what you want. I think you naturally level up in life. And I think that it's probably the most like woo woo I'll ever sound on this podcast. But I I do think you're inviting in a certain quality of or qualities you're looking for in someone. I do think that. I think that's when the match happens. And I have I a couple of friends who I've seen that happen for them.
2: I love that.
3: Yeah, I think really, like, finding the one is maybe not synonymous with, but tied to really betting on yourself.
2: I think that's gorgeous. Any thoughts, Sky?
0: Um, sorry, I w- I was... I was looking up other the artists that out. were our age. No, no, I or excuse me, not our age that are like that are very Shepherd prominent. Fairy, very I but feel like back on to
2: back onto the question I'm of so the sorry.
0: episode. Um when will finding the one be done? Um i, <laughs> He's like, sorry, I got scrambling. No, I got so obsessed with this art because actually it turns out Jordan Wilson's forty. It seems there are a lot of people in their forties that are mm-hmm. pretty prominent. But I guess thirties anyway, sorry. <laughs> I got, I got. Some and they're only
3: going to get more prominent.
0: Yeah, because like Laura, Laura Owens is another big one, or or Amy Sherald, who did the famous Michelle Obama portrait, and like right. Hinda Wiley, who did the amazing Barack Obama portrait of him moving into the into that greenery. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but he's in his forties. Amy Sherald's in her fifties. Anyway, sorry, that's all. Truly, I I went on a tangent. Um, as for as for this question, when will finding the one be done? I don't know. I, I feel very fortunate to be with the person I'm with. I'm also a definitely a person who feels a little skeptical of the whole like mm. notion of the one. Um, just cause I think that, I don't know. I, I certainly think that there are people who, who land at like people have different quote unquote ones over the course of their lifetime or at like certain points in their lifetime. Like, and, and I, I don't know where I totally land on it. I it's just not a notion that I really ascribe to and I think it's I I have no like no shade to people who a thousand percent believe in it and like think it's it's really out there. I just have never really bought into the existence of the one for a person. Uh, necessarily. Yeah,
3: I understand that.
2: I agree. I think it's like clearly there's not just one because people get divorced and remarried and people are widowed and it's yes. like, you know, there's met multiple people for For someone. But I think there's this idea that is sort of romantic about um, I think it's almost like not literally the one it's kind of more like
3: possessing the qualities that you were looking for to where you don't feel like you're settling.
2: Yeah, or just like the right person. And it's just like recommitting. Like, for example, if you're in a really good relationship with somebody that you love, like there's probably another person you could potentially be with, but you decide that this is the person I love and I'm going to commit to this person.
0: I also think that like chemistry, like real chemistry, is not necessarily. I think real chemistry is a a pretty rare I do too. Yes, thing I that, that. and sustained real chemistry sustained
3: a... real chemistry. How long have you, you been with it your here first? Um, your girlfriend Sky?
0: Nine years, and do you since... still feel
2: like there's sparks in chemistry?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, it, it's also I I, I, I certainly like definitely like feel fortunate for that it's also a matter of like i think that we are both very good at sort of recognizing the the ways the other person is sort of like trying to level up in their lives Mm -hmm. and like trying to like support the other person that but also like recognizing their challenges to the place they're at etc like she certainly does with me she's killing it like it's in my eyes and um I think also objectively, but, um, <laughs> but, that's um, really sweet, Skylar. so yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely fortunate. Um, but yeah. And also again, the state sustained chemistry feels closer to something I believe in uh, as being like akin to a quote unquote, the one kind of thing. I
3: think that is that like, you're kind of blowing my mind. I think that's exactly dead on. I think that sustained chemistry is harder to find than finding a person Yeah, I think that is uh, to me, that's the biggest challenge is sustained chemistry. Well, guys, you know what this means. Final segment. I'm horny for sex in the city is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now?
2: Have I already shouted this out? Um, The long reads podcast.
0: No, I love long reads. What but is that? I am
2: subscribing.
3: What is that? It's Tell called me. Long
2: Reads, and they interview mostly journalists, magazine writers, and feature. Oh, writers. long form. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant long form. They did one this week with a Aaron female, Fader. Uh, yeah, with a female sports writer named Miran Fader, and it was such an inspiring listen. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. Oh, I'm listening
3: to this. But it's about a young
2: woman who literally has so much tenacity and so much drive and is such a hard worker. And she has just made her dreams come true with just pure hard work and tenacity. And she's a a feature sports writer, which I don't know anything about that. But according to the interviewers, like that's barely a job anymore. It's impossible Mm. to break into. And she's basically working at the top of her field, getting flown all over the world to like get these like incredible stories. And it's a great listen in terms of just, like, ambition, drive, going for it, you know?
3: Wow. Okay, great. Oh, also definitely listening to that.
2: Definitely listen to that and also listen to the episode where they interview Ashley C. Ford. Okay. Who is an amazing writer. Oh, Um,
3: why does that sound familiar? Why do we know her?
2: She has a great Instagram presence. She's black. She is kind of becoming bigger and bigger. Not only does she write, but she has a really great memoir coming out called Somebody's Daughter. She oh, uh-huh. hosts a podcast on Lovecraft County. She's just kind of becoming this like awesome person to watch kind of. Yeah. And she it's- has incredible life advice. So her episode is also great. So those are my two recommendations. Cool. Jamie, what are you horny for this week?
3: Okay. So Whitney Cummings is friends with Amanda Knox and she has a two-part episode um that is just so excellent. Amanda Knox um Yeah. You know, she was uh, wrongly accused of murdering her roommate in Perugia, Italy and was called Foxy Noxy and like literally had her life ruined. And now she's picking up the pieces and Mm. she's like such an advocate for um, people who are wrongly accused and just trying to raise awareness. And she has a really brilliant, cool husband and they host a different podcast, just the two of them called Labyrinths, I believe it's called, which is also excellent. But anyways, Amanda Knox just seems fucking awesome and if you love Whitney Cummings her podcast is really great and she's a great interviewer and the two of them together it's just it's all oh and the husband um this guy Chris Robinson so yeah uh it's just a great listen I think she's like just really a special person so yeah awesome shout out to Amanda Knox um all right guys well that is our episode and we love you and thank you for listening and also, we have a special guest next week will
2: be a fun listen for all of us.
3: Yes. Love a guest. Please okay. stay
2: tuned. Like, subscribe, leave comments, DM us, do the whole deal.
3: Do the damn thing. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBWpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever.
0: this has been a forever dog production executive produced by joe cilio alex ramsey and brett boehm for more original podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast keep up with the latest forever dog news by following us on twitter and instagram at forever dog team and liking our page on facebook